Hello, hello. Welcome back, guys. Um, episode two of Spooktober. Welcome back. Um, I'm Tony. I'm Brianna. And I guess what we got here today, we got um, some uh, Netflix movies. Uh, this one is, uh, the first one is from 2014. So what's funny is I've actually never seen this movie until someone brought it up to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually just watched both of these movies for the first time uh, within this week. Um, I think they're definitely very creepy. They're very weird. But today we are talking about um, the Blumhouse movies Creep, um, starring Mark Duplass. And they they are a wild ride. They are short as hell. And the amount of stuff they get through in just such a short amount of time (laughs) is so insane but um yeah uh you know in true true thought bubble fashion we're gonna break down our um uh rating on a scale of one to five um we'll go through both movies there are two and i believe there is a third in development as well um but yeah, let's uh, let's dive into our ratings, Brianna. Okay, I'm trying to think here because so I I wa- I've already seen the first one before, but I did rewatch it for this, and then I watched the second one for the first time um, to talk to be able to talk about it. And so I don't know. I think that I will probably say the first one. To be honest, I I kind of think they're both in the same. I would probably put them both maybe at like a like probably a four, both of them, like four out of five, just because I feel like they're very unique. It's a very unique story. Um, they're very different. And the way that e- even the way that it's being told, I feel like is a very fresh and unique way. Um, it is like found footage, but I think in a really creative, different way that then we're used to like getting. So for that, I feel like it deserves that four out of five. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, I'll say my other thoughts later. But I think that I probably will give them both, you know, the same the same rating. I will say, though, that I kind of like the second one a little bit more. Um, but I do, I of course, think you obviously have to watch the first one first because I think that if it weren't for the first one, the second one wouldn't be as good as it was to me. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, you, you definitely have to watch these in a specific order. They are, they follow the same type of formula, um, but they are also kind of so different because it's not just, what I really like about these movies is it's not just a typical just found footage or documentary, mockumentary, excuse me, style. It's kind of diving into the mind of someone who you know is like completely unhinged and just watching him just kind of slowly unravel, but think that he's doing something normal. So it's really interesting to see that. Oh, definitely. Like, I completely agree. That's kind of, um, 
that's pretty much what I like, I think too. And of course, once we get into it, we'll kind of like talk about what we, I guess, liked about each one of them. But yeah, like overall, that's exactly pretty much how I felt too. Yeah, these are <laughs> these are definitely a lot of fun to watch. So um, we will drop our intro, and then we will see you guys in just a moment. All right, welcome back, guys. Um, so first and foremost, um, my my ratings of both because, um, like I mentioned before, they are the type of movies that are very similar. Um, they are very similar. They kind of follow the same formula, uh, but they are also kind of different than other movies of its style. In retrospect. I personally would probably give the first one, I want to say a three and a half. Um, it did set the stage for it all, and you kind of get to see like what type of person he is. There was just a lot of scenes that kind of shocked me while I was watching it. And um, I'm not going to lie, I personally am not the biggest fan of jump scares. Um, in movies, um, especially if they're like consistent, but a lot of the jump scares in the first one did get me. <laughs> um, I, I kind of was not prepared for how like unhinged he was going to be, and you know, like kudos to Mark Duplass because this man committed to that role, and um. Uh, for the second one, for the second one, I feel like I liked it a little bit more. So I think I'd probably give the second one a four. And that's only because I do like the addition of, um, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on her character's name. But she was kind of like his match. He kind of like met his match. Yeah, her name's Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, that's right, that's right. Um, so, yeah, he kind of, like, met his match there. She was not truly, like, she was, she was scared in a way of him, but she kind of saw a different side of him that she thought she was able, gonna be able to reach. And I appreciate seeing, like, the whole progress of their relationship and just seeing how, like, kind of descends into madness and it it just took like a wild turn <laughs> like these movies just take wild turns um one thing i will say uh there are a couple of shots in the not shots a couple of scenes in the first one that I was like, okay, it was a little stupid. And one scene was in particular. 
So if you guys have never seen this, in <laughs> of course, let me give the spoiler warning because, like usual, we we will spoil the movie here. <laughs> um, we're we're not going to go into like full detail of everything, so you guys are still more than welcome to watch the movies. Um, but I still highly suggest you, um, if you haven't seen it, to stop, go watch them. They're on Netflix, and then come back and listen to our thoughts. Um, but there is one scene, and it was in the first one when uh, his friend Aaron, when Aaron finally left the house, and he was at his own house, and he... <laughs> Um, Mark Duplass's character was outside of the outside of the house, outside of the front door, and then you know heard noises and stuff. And he goes outside, and the fir- first thing that pops in my head is he goes outside, but he goes all the way outside. Now, if you know that a man is stalking you knows your address has been sending you weird packages and weird DVDs and stuff. I wouldn't, the moment I heard it's noise outside my house, especially knowing that the police weren't going to do anything. I would not go all the way outside. (laughs) So I was so mad that he did that in the first one. I was like, come on, man, you were so bright for like the longest part of this movie. <laughs> now you kind of like backtracked. Oh, absolutely. That was so unnerving. And it was just like the whole time I was just screaming at the TV, like, no, like, what are you doing? Like, didn't you experience enough craziness with this guy to kind of realize like, some obviously something is up, you know? But, um, Yeah, I think it just also, what I really liked about the first movie was the fact that, you know, Mark Duplass' character, Joseph, was very, like you said, very unhinged, very crazy. Um, And you see this progression of, at first, he seems very charming and very sweet. And his whole reasoning for wanting to make this, um, like, documentary-style film is because he supposedly has cancer and wants to make a film for his unborn child, um, which we later find out that that's not the case and he's not who he says he is, essentially. Um, and he's also does not have cancer and um, that he is coercing pretty much anyone that is willing to kind of take this job of filming him um, into like being close with him, but at the same time, it's him luring someone so that he can kill them. And so it, it becomes this like stalkery murder whole situation. Um, but I really like the contrast between him and Aaron because Aaron just seemed very sweet and very trusting. Um, and I think he genuinely wanted to help um, Joseph. And he really thought this is such a sweet reason of course I want to do this. I want to, you know, I'm here for the cause. Um, and then it's like so crazy when the movie takes that turn when, um, obviously when Joseph starts exhibiting really weird behavior, but then once Aaron gets a hold of his quote unquote wife, 
um, Joseph's wife, and it actually turned out to be his sister. Um, and the sister just said, you know what, you're not safe. You need to get out of the house. And that's really when like even your heart starts beating fast as a viewer because you're seeing it through the lens of Aaron because Aaron essentially is, you know, he's filming this whole thing. This is like found footage. And so it's just really crazy to have that POV. And then, you know, he's like turning ever so slightly around the corners and you're just, you know, something's going to happen. Um, so I just feel like this movie was like anxiety, the movie. It was super unnerving, super stressful. But I think that's what made it so good. And yeah, like you said, it had so many jump scares in it. Um, but I think it really worked because it showed how crazy and like completely unhinged he was. Um, and it just made it that much more, like it made you so much more nervous saying you're just like, what's going to happen next? Even the moments where he was just standing there with his like wolf mask on, it was, it was probably even scarier than like not seeing something because you didn't know if he was going to just stand there or he was going to attack or any of that stuff. So I think that was really crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And you know, like it's, it's also just like the kind of, like you said, you know, it's anxiety, in the movie it's thought process, the movie also, because <laughs> um, you're sitting there and you're just like, Oh my God. Like in your mind, you're just like, Oh my God. Like I would have left since when, but that's when it also kind of falls back onto how Aaron as a character is very respectable and he really wanted to do something nice for someone. He really wanted to um, pretty much do unto Joseph's wishes. You know, Joseph was wanting a um, filmmaker to document his life like you said, for the supposed cancer. Um, so it just kind of felt like he just wanted to help help someone out. Um, I will say the scene, <laughs> the scene that also kind of made me super uncomfortable was the bathtub scene. <laughs> um, the entire time I was watching it, I was just like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God. And then the the moment where he just kind of slipped under the water and was like pretending to drown himself. I was like, Oh boy, this man is, uh, this man is on another level of, uh, crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely. That was like, really, it's just, I feel like this movie is one of those movies that, and I think that something that I really do, appreciate about it and maybe like I like about it not in the sense of like I like it like I enjoy it but I I love that they did this is that they made you feel so uncomfortable throughout most of the movie which I think is a, is really really effective because I feel like that's really what set this movie apart from other like found footage is that like it's a certain kind of fear it's the fear of I shouldn't be I shouldn't be watching what I'm watching. And um, like, like, you know, you're about to watch something that's going to be like, not okay, you know? And um, yeah, this is just, 
yeah, I don't know. I just like uncomfortable, I guess, is like what I'm saying. I, it, it really feels like. Yeah, this movie is just super uncomfortable. It's and it's very well made in the fact that it's just presses on kind of like the sense of, I don't know, like fear and dread because you kind of don't know what else might be coming. You don't know what he may do next. You don't know if he, you know, will kill him off like immediately. You don't know like what his thought process is. And it's almost kind of like getting in the mind of a serial killer and just watching how they react to the world around them and to individuals around them when they think that they're talking about something that's completely normal or they think they're doing something completely normal and they kind of sense like the, you know, the uncomfortableness or the, the fear in another person, but they don't process it the same way. And, you know, that that's pretty much what the whole, the whole movie was just like, was just like building suspense and it was building the perfect amount of suspense. Like, of course, you know, like I mentioned before, and we mentioned that it has the jump scares. Um, but they were kind of placed in a certain way and they weren't so continuous that they still built the sense of fear and they still were able to get you with these jump scares because you really did not know what was coming. Um, so, so on that note, let's talk about the end scene. The oh my god, when he told him to meet him in that park. First of all, I didn't think anything was going to happen because it was broad daylight, and that's kind of like where I fall back onto the sense of you don't know what's coming in this movie because stuff happens in broad daylight, and. It was just like the whole, he's sitting there waiting for him, and it's just quiet. All you hear is just ever so slight, like, ambiance of, like, passing cars, the trees. You know, it was, like, autumn at this time. So, to see, all of a sudden, to see Joseph, Mark Duplass's character, come up behind him and just put on that wolf mask, which, um, once you guys see the movie, you will or if you have seen it, you know what we're talking about. Um, and then pick up an axe and just bye-bye Aaron. I, that caught me off guard a little bit. And it, it was just that sense of kind of like, like it, it made you kind of like, well, I don't want to say nauseous, but it kind of made you just kind of, I, I mean, uncomfortable. <laughs> I... And then to just hear the sounds, just, just ever so simplistic of a movie and just to use like sound effects and certain cinematography and certain camera angles a certain way is so great. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. That scene was insane. And also I feel like it was definitely shocking, like, because, like you said, you did not expect that. It was broad daylight. It felt like anyone could just be walking by. Um, I do feel like at first, I I think they kind of trick you out because you hear, like, a chainsaw in the distance. And um, Aaron even kind of, like, looks around, like, where is that coming from? 
And then he just kind of like sits there and just like gazes into the the lake and he's just kind of like having like a nice little day, it looks like. Um, and then, yeah, and then Joseph comes behind him and with an axe just like, you know, gets him and um, that's, it's really shocking. And I feel like, especially anytime he puts on that wolf mask, it just feels really scary and really creepy because even the story behind the wolf mask, aka Peach Fuzz, it's just, it's so creepy and it's just, it's so like, just demented and it's so shocking um, that this person can just tell this story very casually and not seem like sympathetic about anything and truly, truly demented. And then even the fact that, you know, we do see Aaron's character um, earlier on in the movie getting pretty much right before the end scene, getting a box and it has like a baby wolf. And it's just so weird because he had a dream about a baby wolf and it kind of makes me wonder um, if there was any way possible that probably um, maybe that this was like his, his place was bugged or something because it was just so weird how he would have these dreams and then he would be validated in those dreams like the next day, like getting this little baby wolf stuffed animal. It was just so creepy. Um, and it's even creepier to like, you know, kind of going into the other, um, Oh yeah. Kind of going into the other movie too. Like that wolf makes a comeback, you know? And, um, I also thought that it was just really crazy that at the end we see like throughout this entire movie, we see different POVs, you know, we see Aaron's POV, you know, when he's filming Joseph. And then we kind of also see moments where Aaron's even pointing the camera to himself and he's recording himself when something kind of weird happens, even at his own place when he goes back to his place. Um, and then we also see Joseph like showing us essentially the footage of him killing Aaron. And it's just so crazy how we're getting all these different POVs and it just kind of messes with your head even more because you're figuring how is the story being told and through whose eyes this is being told. So it's like, it's just, it's just crazy. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, you know, it's that sense of kind of like, it's almost like watching a movie inside of a movie because you're watching someone's reaction to something that had happened, but you're reacting to the same thing. But then you're also reacting to their reaction to the same thing that you're reacting to. And it just, it it's kind of trippy. And... I mean, they also gave me a good jump scare, too, <laughs> because when he, like, screamed at the camera after killing Aaron, I jumped. I was so taken aback by that because I was just like, wait, stop. Like, you can't, you can't do this kind of stuff to me. But, um, um, like you said, you know, it's... It's having this person that 
enjoys watching these type of things that he watched this kind of like on the daily and it was almost like he pro he was processing it and he was processing it in a way to where he was kind of like thinking about it was almost like he was watching like a like a like a big movie or something and he's like like showing his friends like you know that's where it comes back into play in the second one where he's showing um sarah who is the um, next filmmaker he gets to come out and record him and she's actually a youtuber um and he's like showcasing it to her as if he's it's something he's proud of and it's almost like it's something that he was kind of excited to kind of just show how it was done and it, like I said, you know, it kind of falls back into that, like, watching a movie inside of a movie while reacting to that movie inside of a movie. And it's like watching the filmmakers kind of, like, perception of their finished work. And it's so unhinged and creepy and strange, but it's also so brilliant in the same way. And, um, you know, jumping into the sequel, I mean... Sarah, like I mentioned before, is kind of like the evenly matched person for him. She is very, she's good at masking her emotions. And she was kind of like unfazed by a lot of stuff because she wanted to be the most calm and not kind of set anything off. So I feel like she's also probably one of my favorite characters from this like franchise i guess you can call it a franchise now um because of how she emotionally battled him and i don't think he was prepared for it definitely definitely like i i agree completely she was probably my favorite like you said my favorite part of either film honestly um i really like how she handled really handled him and handled his like little situate like little tantrums that he would have and of course she was you know overall I think she was just trying to get a really good video for her YouTube channel um and she even kind of tells us the audience um in the bathroom that you know this guy seems really crazy and there's so many reasons so many red flags why I should leave but he's also on the other hand he's also like the perfect subject and basically the the subject that I am really looking for and kind of like her next big break. So that's how she kind of decides that, you know, she's going to stay and she's going to like, just, you know, do it. And uh, I think she has that personality of like, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And so because he already kind of had, he already set the tone, um, even just through the text when she was, responding to his like little ad that when he asked her do you scare easily and she says no um and it was just really cool to see her just not be phased by any time he would like try to be like boo and everything like that and she was just like oh hey okay so anyways do you want to like keep filming or something um but I also I think what I really loved more about this film was yeah of course Sarah um, and I love the dynamic between her and Joseph. Actually, in this movie, his name's Aaron, which I think is even creepier because the fact that 
he's now taking on this persona of the person that he just killed. Um, and then it also makes, you know, it makes us think the audience that in the first movie was his name, even Joseph, because he clearly states in the first movie that, you know, Oh, basically, you know, saying to like Aaron that he was like his favorite and, you know, he's really going to miss him and, you know, it's okay. Like that he killed him or whatever. And so it's just like, it's the fact that he, we don't really know. Like, we thought we kind of knew this character, but I think in the second movie, it's revealed that we really didn't know this character and we still don't know this character, which I think makes it even creepier and even scarier. Um, yeah, and then I feel like also what I really liked about this, the second movie, is that I love their, like, their kind of friendship almost and their dynamic between each other because it's almost like, like you said earlier, it's like he met his match. And I thought that was really interesting in a way because, like, she wasn't crazy like him. She was just more so willing to, like, deal with his antics. Um, But I also feel like she obviously also showed a side of herself that she was like no pun intended she was creeped out you know and she thought what am I getting myself into maybe this is a little bit too much to bargain for um but she of course to him she she didn't show that um I also really enjoyed that you know our main character you know Aaron um I really enjoyed that he is finally starting to open up and I also think that it's it's almost comical because he's I feel like he's really telling the truth about I mean we obviously know as the audience he's telling the truth about he is essentially a serial killer and all this and all that and how Sarah does not believe him but I think it's so funny because yeah like I don't really blame her because if someone's straight up telling you all of this you must think that they're crazy and because who would actually confess to that? But the fact that we know he's crazy enough just to do that. Um, and even the fact that he straight up told her, I'm not going to kill you. Um, but then, of course, eventually he does attempt to. Um, but I also just think that's kind of his nature. Uh, I don't think he can really help it. I think that he thinks it's like okay to do that, clearly. Um, but it, it was really cool to kind of see that he was being open and honest with her versus the first movie that he had to really play it off a certain way. But this was just like all out in the open. And I thought that was a really cool twist to not really have any, there was really no secrets, you know? And of course what, what ended up unfolding was kind of what he was saying this entire time, but it still didn't make it any less like scary to see in the end, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it all falls back into that same process of just kind of just seeing a man not just unravel, but kind of, like you mentioned, like open himself up to a spot where he's in a way vulnerable, but also in a way still heavily guarded. And I feel like it was just, you know, seeing this side of him to where he was trying to balance out as much as possible 
was really was really interesting. And I mean, you know, I I, I really got to hand it to Mark Duplass because he sold this character so well. And what's also so funny about these movies is I don't even think they were actually planning on these being like, of course, like a franchise, but the initial thought process behind the first one was just going to be like a short film and it wasn't even going to be a horror movie. It was just kind of like going to be like a buddy, buddy drama. So they had this on pen and paper and it was completely different. But once they kind of put the ideas like out and kind of like started bouncing off each other with them, um, a couple of other friends were listening about it and they suggested, hey, like that actually sounds like a decent horror movie if you think about it, especially if you're going to shoot it like mockumentary style. So it's interesting to see the process of how it can go from a from a drama to a psych to a I, I mean, I, I'm going to call it a horror movie. Uh, like a horror thriller, I guess you can say. And to see how it's progressed so much until it, to where it is now. And the fact that there's a third one in development is, <laughs> is very crazy. Definitely. Um, I mean, I can see where they could possibly do a third one just because of the way that the second one ends. Um, and I just, I love the that like end scene of Sarah looking on the subway looking into the camera and the whole time I'm also wondering who has this camera and her facial expression says it all that um that Joseph aka Aaron um that he survived and that he is still there and she survived and she's fine too but I'm wondering now how that's going to play because they both survived and I'm just, you know, obviously that she knows what happened and he knows what happened. And I feel that she has more than enough evidence, like visually to show that, you know, to the police and that, you know, Hey, he belongs behind bars, but I don't know who knows how it's going to go. I really don't. Um, I mean, I'm I'm kind of excited for a third one, but at the same time, I do feel like these were two, like, perfectly hand-in-hand movies for each other. And I don't know, I just feel like maybe a third one might be, like, too much at this point. Or, I mean, depending on how they do it, I mean, I would have to see um, a trailer. I would have to, like, know what the storyline's going to be. But, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it always just depends on what they decide to really to really bring us for the third one. Um, if they're going to bring in another character, if they're going to continue with Sarah, if we're going to see Sarah's kind of, like, fight for survival, because you obviously know he's probably not dead. <laughs> um, and he's, he's pretty, you know... <laughs> um, He's almost like Michael Myers. <laughs> he doesn't die. Um, but I I personally find these movies, like, as morbid as it is to sound, I do find them a lot of fun because they test my kind of, 
kind of like my uncomfortability, which I really like in a horror thriller movie. I like being able to sit there and be like, oh my God, this movie made me completely like just frazzled or like uncomfortable. And I like that because that's what a true horror movie is really supposed to do. And it's really supposed to kind of like creep you out or scare you to that extent. And I like how these are the type of movies like I watch these. um, I watched the first one on, if I remember correctly, I think I watched it on Sunday. And I watched the second one Monday night. And no, not Monday night, Tuesday night. And to know that they both, even the spaced out, you know, with other movies I've been watching, other stuff I've been doing, they've still sat in my brain because they're very much movies that you think about. They're very, you know, it's an experience that you had that's just very crazy. And um, I just really enjoy seeing like how it all just kind of just plays a part in itself, like storyline wise. Yes, I I completely agree. Um, And I do think that, like you were saying, these movies are very, very terrifying just because of the fact that they're not, they're very like in a sense realistic because this has nothing to do with like ghosts and monsters and like nothing, nothing like that. It's like, this is something that could possibly happen to someone. I mean, it just, it reminds me so much of like, you know, true crime stories, you hear like the Craigslist killer and stuff like that. It just makes me think of like someone, you know, answering an ad. And it's just kind of, it's almost comical because it, it's like that, you know, that, that saying of like, don't, um, don't ever answer those types of ads. But in this, um, in, in this universe, you know, there, people are answering these ads and, um, you know, thinking that thinking not that much of it, but then of course they end up because they end up um, meeting with this really not well person. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's that sense of like you said uncomfortability, and it's I think it's really scary when it's like a person that with their own two hands they can truly hurt you and they're not like you know a ghost or a goblin they're actually like a person um and i think that someone that's genuinely crazy and someone that can truly harm you i think that's super duper scary especially someone that's like really good at manipulating and i think that for sure we see that in the first one a lot that he is very like manipulating to um to Aaron, you know, and I think that he really preys on how sweet and kind and genuine that Aaron is and Aaron's just trying to help him. Um, and then also with Sarah, because he knows that Sarah really wants to create something special and something big and different. And he really plays on those emotions with her and says, Hey, like, I want to help you. Like, let's make something great, like for your YouTube channel. And, um, I think that that's so scary because that could happen to anyone. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, it's just a sense of fear. Like you never know like what lurks out there kind of thing. And I, I do really like that whole, the whole premise of these movies. Um, one thing I will say, (laughs) 
<laughs> One thing I will say that I was a little, I was also kind of confused, but also fascinated about was how in his, uh, when he had the texting with um, the texting conversation with Sarah, how his Craigslist ad just kind of said like, Oh, just text like four five, six, three or whatever. And I'm just like, she just texted four, five, six, three. And it's like an iMessage. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, how do I get my number to do that? Cause I'd be actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely like really silly. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I mean like that was, yeah, that was really silly, but I was expecting maybe like an email or something. But um, I also thought it was pretty cool when um, when he at, when she came into his home, when Sarah came into his home and um, he was like, oh, so what's your name? And she said, Sarah. And he's like, oh, that's actually your name. And she's like, yeah. And we did. And it's funny because, you know, you go back to the scene of her texting him and her kind of becoming hesitant. Like, do I text him? my actual name? Do I not? And she kind of just says, you know what, screw it. And she puts her real name. Um, and I think that that really showed him like, I can trust you. And, um, so I really feel like the second one, they, they kind of really both like played on each other. So I think that was a little bit more fun to watch, um, versus the first one that you can tell that it was clearly, like a cat and mouse like it was clearly you know one person is being the mass manipulator and the other one is just too too sweet and too naive for words and um I mean they're they're both really great I think that for sure they're both really great but I do like the second one more overall however I feel like they both kind of deserve like in my opinion, they're both like, if I'm going to rate one, one, I feel like they both kind of deserve the same rating just because the second one would be, wouldn't be what it was without the first one because of all that buildup and that backstory we get, um, already kind of knowing this person. And then now we're getting him interacting with yet another person. Um, I think that that just made it so much better because I already had that that previous um feeling and you know thought process all that stuff from the first one um but yeah yeah i completely agree i completely agree i i think i'll actually have to change my rating oh look <laughs> what a shock tony you're changing your rating mid-episode <laughs> but um i I do think I can give both of them an easy four. Um, I completely agree with what you just stated. I, you know, one won't be anything without the other. They both go hand in hand. They might contain different elements um, as movies on their own, but they also just kind of carry the same qualities. And I feel like these are probably some of the best and it's, they're very short. They're very simple. They're very to the point. They get the point across. They get right to the, like the uncomfortability, the weird stuff and just kind of dives in, takes you all through it. And then it just leaves you at this point where it's kind of like, Oh my God, like what just happened? But I feel like this is like the best example of like these mockumentary style movies. Um, I mean, Blumhouse is very, very, um, 
well known for doing very different and very stylized horror movies. And I do appreciate the sense of just taking a movie and making it very as simplistic as possible. It's not super gory. It's not super, super intense. It's not super CGI. It's not super stylized. It's very simple and it's very to the point gets its point across and it's effective in its own right. I agree. <laughs> yeah, these are, um, these are definitely wild movies. So um, what do you think? Uh, this is a short one because these are very short movies. <laughs> so what do you think? Are you ready to uh, wrap it up and bring it to a close? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, guys, if you have not seen these movies, um, definitely check them out. Uh, they are a lot of fun. They are very crazy. They are very, they're very weird. Um, we both highly recommend them. They are streaming on Netflix, like I mentioned before. Um, and yeah, just prepare yourself for an hour and 14 minutes of, uh, <laughs> uh, of pure uncomfortableness. <laughs> yeah. Of stress. <laughs> of pure stress. <laughs> and that is a message from our sponsors. Yeah, no, I'm um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so this is where we'll draw it to a close. We thank you guys for listening. And um, we'll see you guys again next week because we're going to continue with our little Spooktober stuff. And we got plenty of stuff planned. So definitely keep in touch with the with our Instagram. Um, always send us an email with some suggestions. We can always kind of, like, uh, pick out some movies to watch and stuff. But um, we have a long list of movies that we're trying to get through for this month. So we're going <laughs> to let everyone know on Instagram. So if you guys don't follow the Instagram, come on. Do it. Thought bubbles underscore pod. Exactly. <laughs> Thought bubbles underscore pods where you get all the, all the latest info and everything. All the so all the deets. Ex exactly. All the deets. So um, we will see you guys next time. And... Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.